What's up, Magic fans? Before we get into our episode, just want to talk to you guys real quick about DraftKings. It is everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for that coveted jacket. And DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at that $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code TBPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, man, this is the time right now. It's easy to play. That's all you got to do. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. And then just sit back and follow the action. The more rent numbers you see and have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing positions, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. All you got to do is this. Just download the DraftKings app now and use code TBPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at that $1 million top prize. That's code TBPN. And you can get a free shot at that $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Now drop the trumpets. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is April 8th, 2021. This is a day after our big game against the Washington Wizards. What's up, Al? What's going on, bro? Oh, man, what's up? So we got we got a lot to talk about, right? We got news from Ken Birch. We got Cole Anthony back. We got Chumo Kiki climbing into the uh, the rookie ladder. Um, but before we get into um, all the different things going on with the Magic, um, I'm not sure if you saw this past week, um, there was a video that went viral of Shaquille O'Neal paying for a random person's engagement ring. So apparently he walked into the jewelry store, saw this dude getting ready to pay for a ring. He's about to propose to his girl. And uh, Shaq just gets up his his credit card and says, I got this, and pays for it. What a dude, nice guy, huh? It's crazy. So I hadn't seen it until you actually told me about it. And I went back and, and pulled it up and, and saw the video. Man, that's a nice gesture. I mean, where was Chuck when I got my ring for my wife? <laughs> hey, man, but it's it's a nice gesture. But it, I mean, yeah, you and I we're both married. Does it still count? Like, if you don't if you don't pay for the engagement ring yourself, does that does that still count as an engagement ring? So I guess as long as your wife doesn't know that Shaq paid for it, then you're in the clear. But if she um, watches that video. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. There's no way. And and think about it. So an engagement ring or an engagement in most cases, it might have been different here, but I would imagine since the what the his fiance, his soon-to-be fiance wasn't with them, I would imagine that the whole process is supposed to be in secret, right? You're supposed to surprise, get down one knee, then propose. Um, yeah, the surprise is ruined, right? Because the video went, the video was everywhere. There's no way that, you know, the fiance to be did not see that Sha- Shaquille O'Neal uh, paid for the engagement ring that she wasn't supposed to know about. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you saw it. I saw it. So I'm pretty sure the wife and the family got a, got a, 
a quick view of it at the very least. So, I mean, but I mean, like I said, you cannot get mad at that, man. The guy went to buy his ring. He was there to pay for it. If Shaq paid for it, that's a better honeymoon now that she has to come up with for the wife, I'm assuming. So it's a win-win for the wife, no matter what. I wonder how much that ring costs. We need to find out. We need to find out who this dude was and find out how much that ring um, costs him. Because the rule of thumb, right, is if you're buying an engagement ring, the engagement ring is supposed to cost at least 10 to 15% of your salary. Exactly. Not, that should have been 10 to 15% of Shaquille O'Neal's salary. That dude should have been like, whatever ring you're buying, go ahead and put that back. Go find something a little bit better and I'll pay for that. See, that's what I would have done. I would have probably been like, all right, I was looking at this one, but since plans have changed, I'm going to go with the one on the left there. That one for another couple of grand more. That would have been my my move. <laughs> yeah, and from the looks of it, the, the employee there, I, I guess that's not the first time that Shaquille O'Neal has done that. So that came up. I saw an article about it afterwards, too, or I don't know where I saw it, but they did say that he tends to do the once in a blue moon. Like he just likes to go in there and surprise people um, just to make people smile. This is exact quote. So, I mean, uh, that's nice of Shaq. Like I said, I mean, it's a, it's a great surprise. Imagine if Shaq would have paid for your ring. I mean, what could you have done with that extra money that you, you spent on the ring? Um, I mean, I could have I done a lot. That, that money needs to go straight to the honeymoon. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, it's going to go to the wife no matter what. <laughs> or that money should go into his ring. That, that's what he should have done. He should have bought the engagement ring. He should have took advantage and paid for his own ring also. See, uh, I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm going to end it right here. <laughs> so so obviously with, with that going on, it, it had me thinking. Um, have you had any encounters with, with NBA players that – you know, you you can honestly say it was a was a good experience because I know you and I have talked and we've we've had we both have had some bad experiences. But is there any any experiences that you can think of with with any NBA players that you've had? So nothing in not, like in public, not, not at it, not at an NBA court. That's the thing, yeah. So nothing nothing outside of NBA court. So like I've I've gotten a lot of great stuff happening to me on the on the actual court. Like again, I got Stephen Curry to sign my my sneaker that I have of his. Vince Carter gave me his uh, shooting sleeve after a Celtics game when I lived up north. Um, so all that stuff is hanging in the, in the wall here behind me. Um, but nothing outside, unfortunately. So I don't have like an encounter, you know, at a, at a store or nothing like that. Football players. I used to work near Foxborough, so near where the Patriots played, uh, again, when I lived up north. And there was Patriots players there all the time. Um, so not a basketball player, but Randy Moss walked in one day and I was able to help him and we had a great conversation. Uh, that was the, I mean, the closest I've gotten to an experience outside of a uh, sporting stadium or arena. Um, but I know you have. I know you've had some some memories uh, and some good moments that happened to you. Man, I got I got two quick stories to share. All right, the very first one um, was, I used to work at this place called Game Day Cafe. This Game Day Cafe was inside this sports complex. It was a champion sport complex that was owned by D. Brown and, and a couple other people. And there was an event that we were hosting. And what this place is, it's kind of like a uh, it's an amateur YMCA where they host a lot of the different volleyball tournaments, AU tournaments, whatever case may be. And one of the events that I was working is uh, they were hosting the NBA Draft Combine. And there was a lot of NBA coaches there, scouts, um, uh, up and coming players, things of that nature. And Mike D'Antoni and Isaiah Thomas was there. And I saw them walking out. And when I saw them walking out from like the right side, I had this clear shot of like intersecting their path. 
and I didn't have anything on me. And Game Day Cafe was a, just a little eating spot where you can order hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff. And I didn't have anything to really grab. So I ended up grabbing like this little fish, uh, fish the, the French fry case. And I yep. ended up like flying out in front of it. I was like, yo, Isaiah Thomas, let me get your autograph. Mind you, I get this greasy shirt on with a whole bunch of like <laughs> French fry grease and everything. And this is what I'm carrying out. I'm asking Isaiah Thomas. Now, I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about like old school bad boy Isaiah Thomas, the original OG IT, um, to sign my French fry basket. <laughs> and he signed it. But you can tell like he was not happy that he was signing this for me. Like that was like almost disrespectful to to a player of his caliber and uh i'll be honest with you i i was so upset with his reaction i didn't even <laughs> the damn thing. but i gotta ask you where, where's that french fry basket at today do you have it or did you throw it away no, i i threw it away immediately immediately yeah i didn't like the reaction from isaiah thomas and then i honestly i don't even blame him it, it's, I, I walked away a little embarrassed like really out of, <laughs> like out of all things you could have grabbed you grabbed a friend a French fry basket. That's what you grab. And then Bro, that's uh, what happens. Well, you get nervous sometimes. That's what happens. So you you just don't know what else to do. Like it wasn't it wasn't nervousness. It wasn't nervousness. It was honestly that was the first thing that I can grab. Everything was happening so quick. I saw him coming. I didn't make an executive decision. What am I gonna <laughs> grab? I need to grab paper. I couldn't find paper. So French fry basket. There's that. Listen, at least it made for a great story. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, another one was when we drafted Daniel Oren. If you remember, do you remember Daniel Oren? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, where was it? We drafted him. I, I believe we drafted him in the second round. I think he played for Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And I think it was the 2009-10 NBA so, draft. Yeah, something like that. He wasn't a starter on the team. He was um, uh, on the second unit. We ended up drafting him. And I was at a club one night, um, a club in uh, International Drive, Libre. And at this club, he was upstairs. Mind you, this is a 21 and up club. He shouldn't have even been in this damn club. He's not old enough. And he's walking around. And I notice him. I know who he is. So I approach him. I was like, yo, Daniel, what up? And before I even got a chance to, like, get into his path – one of his bodyguards is like bigger than he was, was like, no, no, no. He don't, he don't talk to nobody. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't talk to nobody. Nobody in this club knows who you are. I'm the only person here that knows who you are. <laughs> what do you mean? You're not going to talk to me. So those are my two experiences. Wow. So unfortunately nothing, nothing like a Stephen Curry autograph or a Vince Carter shooting sleeve, nothing like that. huh? <laughs> nah, nah, I, I, I've, I haven't had the best of luck. I've had some. Good, I've had some few um, interactions with Shaquille O'Neal back when I used to work at uh, at Best Buy. They were good experiences, but you know, other than that, I got. Well, hopefully, French next time you see Shaq, you're gonna be at a car dealership trying to buy a car, and he may pull oh, the man. black card in. <laughs> oh man! So I need I need to make sure that I'm aware of my surroundings. If I see this dude walk into the same place that I'm at, I need to be mindful of what I'm holding. Just just get close to him and and make sure that he pays attention to what you're doing. <laughs> Got to make that eye contact. Eye contact is everything. That's the thing. <laughs> All right, man. So um, a lot of things has happened in terms of our tank watch that we're going to get into right now. So the Magic are still holding on to the fourth uh, worst record or fourth best lottery odds, putting us at 12.5% um, uh, 
at getting our number one pick. Um, so right now it hasn't moved a whole lot. So you still got Minnesota one, Houston two, Detroit three, and then Orlando four. Um, Cleveland, Washington are tied right now for that fifth spot. Um, that's why that's what made last night's game so important because uh, initially Bradley Beal was missing the last five games with a hip contusion. And, you know, last minute they ended up saying that he was going to play, which kind of really, really helped us out um, with our with our lottery odds. Big time. So heading into the arena, I hadn't checked. Um, I actually ended up going to last night's game and I didn't know. I, I was expecting Beal to be out. And when I heard his name in the starting lineup, I'm like, okay, there's some hope that we may actually lose this game. Because for a second, looking at the standings, it's sad, man. I'm going to games. Before I go to games, I'm looking at the standings to make sure that I know if I wanted to lose or, or to lose or win that game. So the Wizards are right there with us in that tank watch. I'm like, we have to lose. We have to lose this game. Um, so seeing Beal play, man, made a big difference. He, he played a, great, a hell of a game like he always does. Um, but definitely one that we had to lose. And again, it was a fun game to watch either way. Uh, but... Huge, huge loss uh, last night creates a little separation between us and the Wizards now. Yeah, so now we're we're down two games. We're or there are two games behind us, so that that definitely puts um puts us in a better position uh, for our lottery chances. I know it's not magic related, but I just can't believe the Wizards are as bad as they are, man. Like they have some some good players in the team. Uh, I still think they'll make a push to to get to the play in uh, tournament. Um, I can't see a team with Westbrook, Beal, and the shooters that they have not making a push to, to, to at least a play-in game. Um, so I expect, you know, they have the Raptors also fighting for that spot, the Bulls. Um, but I think it's going to be fun to see how those teams kind of play out the next 20 games. Because, again, I'm just shocked to see them being mentioned amongst the Magic and the Pistons. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I, I remember not too long ago we were having the debate of whether or not that the, if the Magic should go after a player like Russell Westbrook. And um, in hindsight, what an amazing decision not to. Can you imagine? That would have been really bad. But just because like, you, you take a look at a team like the Wizards and you add a player like Russell Westbrook to a player like Bradley Beal, and they're still not able to get it done. You know what I mean? So it's... Uh, just kind of thinking about the dynamic of him and incorporating uh, what the team would look like with Nikola Vucevic and, and co. It's, uh, that wouldn't have been pretty. Uh, yeah, I no. was completely wrong. I apologize because I was one of the ones saying that, oh, we got to do it. It would be stupid not to pay him the money. He's an all-star. No, it's okay. Pass. But I think things have changed so drastically from that time to now. You know, I mean, we, we've now seen what the front office ended up doing, right? They blew up the team. We got all this young talent coming in. If I was given the chance, I would make the, the same decision, which is let's go young, let's save cap space, let's get draft picks. So, I mean, we did not expect this to happen at all back in November when that topic was something that was rumored. Um, but again, in hindsight, they've made the right moves, and, and I'm happy that they, they chose this path and not the, West, the Westbrook route because that would have been a lot of money tied up for a few more years. Yeah, for sure. And then just keeping an eye on where the, the Magic are, um, or not necessarily in Magic, but where the Bulls are right now, because obviously, if if they draft outside of the four, then you know that draft pick will convey. And so right now, the Bulls are sitting at nine, right? Which is which is ideal. I wouldn't mind drafting at nine. There's a lot of really really good solid players that we're we're able to add in that spot. That would be ideal. Imagine us having a top four pick and then a top ten pick on top of that. Um, like we've said before, we've talked about it. Um, via text message and stuff like that. If we get that fifth pick instead, maybe we drop, but then you can package that fifth and maybe that ninth 
for a top three pick. All of a sudden, things look a lot better. Or if you say, hey, let's, let's draft top four, ideally, but then on top of that, you say, hey, let me package that ninth pick for a nice veteran that maybe wants to come in and help us out win and help the young guys. So it just creates all this flexibility again that we've talked about for the past few weeks that we didn't have before. It's, uh, again, it's an ideal situation for sure, heading into the draft. Now, let me let me ask you, and I'm just putting a random scenario out. Would you, if let's say that the Magic got the third best lottery odds, congratulations, woo, right? And then we also got the ninth, the 10th. Would you package those for that number one pick? Is that something that is worth it? Like, let's say that Cade Cunningham, that, that's your guy, that's your dude, that's who you're trying to draft. Is it worth, future-wise, to give up a player like, because if we're looking at third, we're looking at the the greens, we're looking at, you know, potentially Mobley may not drop. Everyone's kind of saying that he's going to go that second. But, you know, you can still get a very, very solid uh, addition at that three spot. Would you I mean, trade the three and the 10 to get Cade? If you fall in love with Cade, you, you see him work out, you, you, you say, hey, this is the guy that's going to take us to the next level with the guys that we already have, I would. And the main reason why is because we have so many young guys already to develop that I wouldn't mind saying, hey, I know we have two assets, two picks that we can draft, two players we can draft, but instead let's, let's really go after the guy that we really, really want. That guy fits perfectly next to Markel and Cole and the rest of the crew. Let's make that move. I wouldn't hate it. Um, again, we have way too many young guys. At some point, you have to realize like we cannot develop 10 young guys at the same time. It's just not realistic. Um, so if that's what they choose to do, I wouldn't be mad. But I also wouldn't be mad if they say, hey, let's take Jalen Green and then let's pick another guy like Scotty Barnes or one of these dudes. I really don't know outside the top 10 that many guys that, that I'm really high on right now. But again, if there's some good talent that you say, hey, let's, let's bring him in and maybe later on package that player with a guy like Terrence Ross or somebody like that for a better play road, then that's an acceptable option too. But again, this is what the beauty of this whole thing is. We have so many options now. A month ago, we didn't. We were tied up to Vooch and all these big contracts and, and, and a team that just growled. Let's be realistic. That's not the case now. We can truly just get creative now and do things how we want them. So... My opinion, I think Kate is that good. He's worth packaging two picks for one. I would do it. But then again, the front office, I, I guess I'll, I'll rely on them to make that decision. But personally, I would. How about you? Yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, you're, you're trying to get that player. And the Magic haven't had that player in such a long time. And we, we've, seen, we've seen the scouting reports. They're saying that Cade is a offensive franchise-changing type of player. And if there's one thing that we haven't had in a very long time, is that exactly. he's someone that's able to really contribute and be effective at putting the ball in the basket at a very, very elite level. And the dude can shoot. So I would definitely do an RB because you're right. How many young guys can you possibly have in one team? And it's obvious that we don't have an issue stockpiling on young talent at the moment. But if you can get a player like Cade, who is a, a definite stud, then you go ahead and do that. Exactly. I, I agree. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some, some, some news. It was reported earlier today, and this was a shocker. Like I was at work, had no idea, got the notification, and I took a second. It took me a second to collect everything that happened. So it was reported today that the Magic have waived 
Cam Birch, and he is signing with the Toronto Raptors. How do you feel about that? Oh, man, it's it's the right move um, all around. So the team truly is playing him out of position right now, right? He's playing the power forward position, which naturally is not his best position. But also I like what the franchise did. This is a message for all the agents out there. It's a message for the locker room. We will do the right thing for you. And that's what the Magic did, man. Like They waived him right before the playoff cutoff date, so he's still able to, to play in the playoffs if the Raptors go that far. And he gets to go home. I know the Raptors are playing in Tampa, so technically it's not home, but if they want to bring him back and re-sign him, he's now a player that goes, gets to go home and play in Toronto. He's from Canada, again, born there. Um, so it's a win-win. The Magic truly do, don't want to be playing him out of position. They'd rather give those minutes to Bamba and Carter. And he gets to, again, go home and at least be with the team that, that it's going to be using him and giving him those minutes. Um, and good for him. He deserves a man. I'm going to miss him, to be honest with you. I know we, we say a lot like, hey, Mo Bamba should be getting those minutes. It's the reality. We want to see him because of the things, how things played out this season. But the reality is that dude man was a, a role model in, in the locker room. He, he did what we asked him to do. He never complained. He played hard. And he's the reason, honestly, why we made the playoffs back in 2019. Before he started getting those minutes, our team was not heading to the playoffs. And once he did, along with Carter Williams, our whole playoff uh, situation changed. Um, so always going to be thankful to him for that. But at the end of the day, man, uh, it's the right move for him and for the franchise. Yeah, and if you remember, he was an international player that we ended up bringing into the NBA. So he was not an NBA player prior to his stint with the Orlando Magic. And I remember thinking back of a video that they recorded of him when he received the phone call um, that the Magic were going to guarantee his contract and they were going to fully sign it. You can really see immediately the emotions that he had. And, you know, he's proven himself. He's proven that he is a legitimate NBA player. The fact that he's being moved to Toronto, his his hometown team, um, is, is an even better story on top of it. I'm sure that he's hella excited. But I have questions. I wonder... I wonder how on board Steve Clifford is with you moving Kimberch because what you're doing now is you're forcing his hand to play Mo Bamba more minutes. You're forcing his hand not to play a player that he relied on so much in Ken Birch. So as excited as I am for for Kim and, and his new journey in Toronto, it makes it makes me wonder if you know Coach Clifford and the front office are on the same page. So that's a good question. And I mean, I would think, or I would like to think at the very least, that he was informed. This is something that was kind of being discussed for the past few days. There was rumors that the guy that we could waive was Otto Potter, Otto Potter or that we could drop uh, James Ennis. Just because playoff teams want guys like that, right? Guys that can shoot, can defend a little bit. In the case of Birch, can play defense and rebound. It, it can make a big difference, just like it did back in, in 2019 for us. Now, so from that standpoint, I think Clifford knew something was coming. Um, but if he didn't, let's play that card. Maybe he didn't. He was a shock to him like it is to all of us this morning. It's a better story if, if we just go ahead and say he had no idea and he was blindsided. Exactly. So if that's the case, I'm really proud of our front office. I'm proud because they're saying, hey, we are not winning the season. We are tanking. Play the young guys. And not for nothing, man. Carter and Mo Bamba have earned those minutes. They've looked great. They've played limited minutes and they've produced in those limited minutes. Then they did the right. They they made the right decision. So if that's something that again they decided on their own and said, "Hey, stop playing the vets, go with the young guys," 
I love it. I, I could not be more proud of our front office once again. Yeah, so I'm excited for the opportunity that Mo Bamba has because you really don't have that dude that's breathing down your neck for your minutes, right? Because you, I would imagine as a player, you're already frustrated. He had a really good game last night, um, and we know how Coach Clifford is. Mo Bamba can have a really, really good game, and the next game you'll you know, go right into not giving him a whole lot of minutes. And Ken Burch was really taking that taking that opportunity away from, from Mo Bamba. So I'm sure he won't ever say it. And I, this could all be speculation, but I'm sure he's super excited. Oh, yeah. And I actually, there was a video that the Magic released today uh, post-practice. Uh, one of the regular videos they do after practice. And one of the interviews today was Mo Bamba. And they asked him that question, you know, number one, what did Ken Birch mean to you? But also, what does this mean to you now going forward? And he just smiled. He chuckled. And he's like, uh, this is what I've wanted since I got drafted. I got a chance to now prove myself and, and get these minutes that I've been wanting. Um, so... I found that interesting that he didn't kind of downplay the situation or, or made a, or responded with a proper answer. He said it how he really feels. And, I, and I'm glad to hear that because that's what we want to hear as, as a Magic fan base, go out there and earn it. And he's done an amazing job. I mean, he's played, I think it's seven games since the trade deadline, double digit scoring in most of them, only once he didn't. And that's because he left the game early due to a, an illness. So, I mean, Mo's been doing okay. I know he's not 100% there defensively. He's not, you know, the most... IQ player in the world in the core. Like, he has some learning to do. But he's not going to get it done in practice when the team's not practicing. He needs to learn the game, getting minutes. So um, I'm excited for this last 21 games because I think we'll see Mobamba grow each and every game that passes. The same way we did with Markel Foltz, Cole Anthony, and we're seeing it now with Chuma Okiki. So that's exciting for sure. Yeah, but this does not mean that he gets to lay back, sit back, and chill and relax because Wendell Carter is a baller. That dude has a center presence. He's big body. He's strong. He plays aggressively, and he's been playing really, really well for us. So Mo, Mo Bamba still needs to make sure that he's bringing it in. Yeah, and that's what I like the most. It's, it's a competition, right? Nobody is kind of thing here like given to them. I know Carter's got the starting role for now, but Mo Bamba can easily steal, steal that back. You know, so I think it's fun to see two young guys, same contract situation. They got to earn it and they got to keep that job. So I'm excited to see how they how they do. And again, they got 21 games to prove that they're the starting center for next season. Um, so it should be fun to see the two of them battle it out here over the next uh, 21 games. Yeah. And the dynamics are fun because you got Chumo Kiki, who has a really good relationship with Wendell Carter. And then you have Cole Anthony, who has a really good relationship with Mo Bamba. If you were to take two on two, what side are you leaning on? Oh, man. Just for the fun of it, I got to go with Cole and, and Mo Bamba. I think they know each other longer. I think the, the alley-oop is there all day long for Mo Bamba if they want it. Uh, but then again, defensively, though, Chuma and, and Carter probably got that matchup. So, uh, again, I'm going to go with a fun matchup. Give, give me Cole and Mo Bamba all day. Uh, I'll, <laughs> tell you, I'll take Chuma and Carter. There's no way that you're getting past that body in that side. Um, on That's that true. note... Cole Anthony is back into the Orlando Magic, uh, the Orlando Magic games. He's back on the floor. He's playing. He looks extremely healthy. Um, what impressed you the most on last night's game? Seeing him back on the floor, fresh legs, man, fresh legs. This dude is just you know crossing people over. He's hessy this, hessy that, floaters over people, shooting threes. He looks comfortable, and I think that's what we talked about last week. We couldn't wait to see him get back on the court. After watching tape, after watching practice, after having Clifford on his ear, telling him, what do, what do I want from you? 
And you could see it from the first, I think in the first two minutes, he had seven points. Um, you could tell he's comfortable. And he knows this is a team that he, again, he's in a way a leader. Vocally, he is. He's always showing emotion. He's always leading the team from the bench. He knows his role is larger than being a rookie right now. And, and I'm, I love the fact that he embraces it. Um, so I'm excited, man. I, again, it's only one game, but he looked really, really comfortable out there. It was fun to see him on the court. He that dude is so aggressive. He kind of has a swagger to him and, and confidence that uh, you want out of your your point guard. And the fact that he the first thing he did when he got into the game was attack the basket. Uh, he had that really crazy crossover that he had the the floater the the shooting from behind the arc. Um, he even had a goaltending on Russell Westbrook. Yep. You know, so the fact that. You know, you were really getting to still see his athleticism um, even after the injury. It's it's fun to see. And you can tell that he's going to he's going to mesh really, really well with our young guys. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And I think the most exciting part was what he said after the game, when he said that he actually went to Westbrook after the game and told him, I want to work out with you this summer. And I think as, as a magic fan base, once again, you want to hear that you want him to go out there and, and practice with the best and learn from the best. Um, so I'm excited not only for the next 21 games, but again, the future that he has with the Orlando Magic. I know the fans love him. We love how, how real he is, how real he keeps it. Um, so let's see, man. I, only good things can come out of, out of an offseason where he can spend some time with a professional NBA player, hopefully go to Summer League and actually have a training camp and then come back and show us what he's got. Um, but for now, let's focus on the next 21 games. It should definitely be fun. Yeah, and, and really just real quick, just thinking about it, when we talk about um, what – the summer league is going to look like, man, we are going to have the best summer league team in the history of summer league teams. Just thinking of the the young players that we're able to add into that, it's going to be ridiculous. I mean, you you, you hope so, right? Because I mean, talent wise, we have it. Uh, we may not be getting all the respect from the NBA when you look at all this like under twenty five top players. No magic players is mentioned, but it's all good. Keep it like that. We, we like to be oh, on yeah. the shadows and. That it's better like that for us. Hundred percent. Now, before um, I, w- I want to say about maybe like a week, a week and a half ago, it was it was announced that Cole Anthony just signed a brand new endorsement deal, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Cole Anthony signed an endorsement deal with Crocs. So if if you don't know, I'm, Crocs are pretty popular. So I'm pretty sure that at least a lot of you already know. But if you aren't familiar with Crocs, Crocs are those little the the sandals that has little holes in it where you're able to put little whatever it's called, little, what is it, magnets, medallions? I don't know. I don't want a pair. Yeah. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on a player signing endorsement deal with a company like Crocs? It's, it's, a, little, it's a little unorthodox because they're not, it's not necessarily uh, sneakers. It's, it's different. But then again, Cole Anthony has proven to be a different type of guy. Like he has no fear. He, he, he's willing to do things again and say things that nobody else does. Um, so if anything, it just shows us again that Cole Anthony is, is a different guy. He's himself. He's he's really um, what's the word I'm looking for here to describe him? He's uh, just someone who he trusts who he is. He's he's not he's not ashamed of admitting who he is and being himself. Um, so that's what that tells me uh, about Cole Anthony. It's a, it's a unique route. I don't think there's been any other players that have done a move like this. But then again, uh, nothing to hate. Get that money while you can. <laughs> Yeah, they need to bring out some signature Cole Anthony Crocs, and I would definitely invest in those. Oh, for sure. Now, in regards to um, some additional um, additions, 
The Magic also signed your guy, Devin Kennedy, to a 10-day contract. Oh, and I, I apologize. Not just Devin Kennedy. We're, we're talking, or excuse me, uh, we're not, not just Devin Kennedy, but NBA G League Finals MVP Kennedy. You got to get it right. You got to throw that in there. G League champion, too. Um, it's exciting. I know we, we kind of expected this in a way. We talked about it a little bit over the last, I think, two episodes ago. Uh, a move that we thought could be coming down the road. Um, just a guy that can add some shooting. I hope he gets a chance. Um, it's going to be tough. We have a lot of guards right now uh, in our rotation, so I don't see how he can get too many minutes unless some injuries happen. Um, but it was fun to see him last night get his first two NBA points uh, officially in his NBA career. Um, and what we saw in training camp or in preseason is he can shoot the ball, man. In Lakeland, we saw it too. He can shoot the ball. He reminds me a little bit of Seth Curry. That's kind of my comparison for him. Um, similar build, similar shooting form. Um, we've seen Joe Harris come through Orlando. We waved him. We saw Seth Curry come to Orlando. We waved him. I don't know, man. I just hope that we start valuing shooting a little more. And maybe Devin Kennedy is that guy that we can kind of keep around. Maybe not under a regular contract. Maybe as a two-way or something for the time being. But I think he's worth a shot. He's a kid that can shoot, can play hard. He's proven to be a winner in the G League. What's the harm? Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he does get an opportunity to play because he's a player that um, a lot of the fans are already catching on to. And, and you know, they're they're definitely rooting for him. Now, there there's also talks that Gary Harris might be available soon. Um, he might be expected to play or likely to play against the Indiana Pacers. How excited are you to see Gary Harris in the Magic uniform finally on the floor? I'm excited, man. So what happened with Gary Harris is what's happening to Aaron Gordon right now. So if you look at the numbers, Aaron Gordon, everyone's saying he's shining. He's looking amazing with Denver. Okay. But if you look at his stats, they're all lower than they were in Orlando. So from a stat standpoint, you would think Aaron Gordon is not doing well even though the Nuggets are 7-0 since they acquired him. Gary Harris is that guy who took a backseat in Denver. He played defense. He didn't shoot it too much. He just kind of set, set a role for himself, and he respected that role. In Orlando, we're going to ask him to do a lot more than that. We're going to ask him to be a shooter. We're going to ask him to, to play defense. So I expect him to be a little bit like Evan Fournier in a way. Um, whether he's better or worse, we'll find out. But I think he could be a guy that could surprise a lot of people. Um, just two years ago, man, this kid was balling for Denver. If you look at his highlights on YouTube, he was dunking on people. He was finishing through contact, shooting threes. And last year, he was a key member of the Nuggets beating the Utah Jazz in the playoffs. So he can, he can ball. People don't realize that yet. I think it's going to be another wake-up moment, the same way we're having it with, um, with Carter from getting here from the Bulls. When that trade happened, Wendell Carter, that is, we were all like, why? Why trade Vooch for him? And look how good he's looked. So I think people are going to be surprised at the fact that we got Harris and RJ Hampton in a trade for Aaron Gordon. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, he should be a good addition to our team. I mean, don't even just look at his highlights. Look at his contract. This dude signed a four-year, $84 million contract, and that's not for no reason. This dude can play. Um, I wish I had a little more exposure to his game. Um, I've been, I was able to see a, a couple highlights, and you know, I, I think that his level of play would definitely mesh well with the young guys that we have. My hope is that they still find a way to balance um, the the floor with players like RJ Hampton, because I, I personally feel we have something really special with RJ. And I still feel that, you know, his development needs to be a priority. Oh yeah. And I, and I think they will. I think what you saw yesterday um, with Terrence Ross playing the three 
RJ playing the two, that's kind of the rotation that we're going to see going forward. Um, so even if eventually you have Gary Harris starting at the shooting guard position, which he should, then you're pretty much slotting Terrence Ross as the, as the backup small forward, RJ as the backup two. That leaves out then Dwayne Bacon, which is another favorite of uh, our head coach, Steve Clifford. So we're going to see how that plays out. Um, but officially now with, with um, Birch being gone, Ennis is now a backup power forward, and so is Otto Porter. So they got to figure something out with the rotation uh, for sure. Yeah. Now, Chumo Kiki is starting to get a little more respect from the national media. So just recently, he was ranked second in CBS Rookie, uh, Rookie Weekly Ladder, and he is now ranked 10th in the NBA.com Rookie Ladder. So I find it surprising because um, if you really look at it, prior to Cole Anthony receiving his or experiencing his injury, um, his name was up there. He was in the fourth, fifth range in, in the rookie ladder. Now that you see him coming back, I really am looking forward to seeing both Cole Anthony and Shumo Kiki on the top 10 leaderboards for, for the rookies. Which we should. With the amount of minutes that they're going to be getting here, I expect Cole Anthony to be starting maybe even tomorrow. Um, so he should be starting pretty soon again. So he should be back in the top 10 again. And Chuma, I think somebody's on Twitter. I forgot who it was, so I apologize. But they said that if he scores more than, I think it's 15 points a night for the rest of the season, he's going to end up averaging more than 10 points a night. That's pretty substantial for a guy who not really struggled, but didn't really shoot the ball that much in the beginning of the season. For him to bounce back and finish the season with a 10, 10 points per game average, that would be a really, really good uh, comeback for him and the way that he ended the season. Um, so I expect him to, to be getting more touches again down to, as the team continues to play more the young guys. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's a good, good chance we can see the two of them in the top 10 leaderboard here the rest of the way. Is it possible for a rookie to win uh, most improved player? Is that possible? Can we just make so. that? I don't think so either, but can we make that a thing? Because we, the we could. <laughs> this Shum- this Shumo Kiki that we have now was not the Shumo Kiki that we had in the beginning of the season. This dude is is aggressive. He attacks the basket. He shoots. He is looking for his shot. When we when we look at the the level of play that he brings, it he's he's carrying the load as the best player on our team at the moment. He is. I mean, I know he struggled a little bit yesterday. He only finished with like six points. So really are his first time struggling since uh, he's been asked to do more. Um, But like you said, he looks a lot more comfortable. They're running a lot more plays for him in the post. I want to see more uh, off-screen shooting plays for him because he can shoot off-screens. But again, that's coming with more more trust from our coaching staff. But man, I'm excited. I think, like you said, if you compare his first half of the season to his second half of the season, it's night and day. And I think it all correlates with the trades that happen as well. He now knows, hey, I'm going to get minute every night. I'm going to be starting every night. You come into the game with a different mindset than he was doing before. So I think that also uh, has helped him tremendously. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get into our mailbag. So we took a couple questions from um, uh, the Orlando Magic HQ that some of, some of the people sent down. And this first one comes from Joshua Richard 19 underscore, where he asks, is it really that bad if we make the play-in tournament? Oh, man. So it's not that it would be bad. It's that we don't want it. Not only do we not want it, but yes, it, 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 it's bad. <laughs> is, it, is it great for experience? Absolutely. Are we willing to, to sacrifice experience for acquisition of talent in this draft? 
in the most important draft that we've seen in such a long time? No, 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 no. I saw, so to answer that question, just simply, it wouldn't be bad for experience and the storyline, right? Like, man, the, the Magic blew it up and they still made the, tur- the playing tournament. Wow, amazing. But no, we don't want that. Let us lose his last 21 games and let us get a top three pick. Um, there's just so much more value long term to that than there is to just make a two game tournament here. Uh, it just doesn't mean anything at this point. Yeah. And that, uh, truthfully, the playing tournament is just not realistic. I don't care how fun we look on the court, I don't care how many games that we win that we're not supposed to win. I just don't see it happening. But if it did happen, it'd be, re- it'd be really bad because now we're losing. We're losing our stock. We're losing our stock in the jet. And, and right now we're we're looking pretty good at where we're at and we don't want to mess that up. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So this next one comes from I can't even IG. How long does a rebuild take and where does it ultimately take this organization? I'll let you go first on that one. So according, because we're in 2021, according to CEO Alex Marins, we are destined to win an NBA championship and in 2030 so it sounds like we got about a good solid nine years so according to alex martin's this this rebuild is going to take nine years um how how long do they really take i mean you you take a look at jonathan isaac and markel Fultz, and they they have already a couple seasons under their belt um I, i would put maybe three to four years before we're we get back to really being competitive because you really can't count this season. You're going to count next season. You have Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz are going to come back from their injuries, but you still have the development of the young players that we have. Plus this brand new rookie, depending on who that is, that's going to be added to that. You still have to work on chemistry. You have to work on, on the schemes and the system that you're going to be running because now it's not, it's not like Clifford can rely on just running the offense through Nikola Vucevic. You need to find how that's going to be. Because who knows the type of player that you know we'll receive back in Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. So I think that it's going to take us a couple years. I would say about three to four years. What do you think? So I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I think that this rebuild is a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. Um, and again, we talked about it a little bit on the trade deadline episode that we did. I think realistically, this season is a wash, right? It's gone. Next season, Markel's not going to come back until late December, January at the earliest, right? So... I would think next season is kind of a wash as well. We'll play better, but we're not, I don't think we'll make the playoffs next season. Maybe we do. But we'll see how things play out. I think the year for us, it's really that following season. So not this one, not next one, the, the one after. Recent being, we have cap space. We have two max contracts currently allotted that we're going to have space for. Say you're gonna, you want to bring back Mo Bamba and Carter, so maybe you don't have all that money, but you have a substantial amount of money to bring a decent player. Again, we have plenty of draft picks to trade if we want to speed up the process a little bit. And these young guys, again, are guys that can develop, I think, within a year to a year and a half. I don't think that they need a lot of seasoning. I think guys like Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, are guys that came through the ranks as highly rated rookies for a reason. So with a year of NBA experience, I think they should be really, really solid. And hopefully health is in our side, so J.I. and, and, and Fultz stay healthy. I really think that, again, not next season, but the year after that is when our team could really be back in the playoffs as maybe that 7-8 seed again and then go up from there at that point. Um, but I really don't see it being longer than that. I mean, if that's the case, 
our front office won't be here for that. Our front office will probably be gone if that's the case. I think that while they went young, they're also trying to speed up the process with these assets they acquired. That's just the way that I see it. Speeding up the process is hard. It's hard to speed up the process because you would imagine that with the front office, if if the CEO and and the board allowed them to do this rebuild, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. It's just not happening. So I see this front office being there for a long period of time. It's just if you're saying playoffs in two years, it's a long shot. I can see it. It's not. It's not out of the picture. It's a long shot. But I mean, I guess we'll see. Because yeah. is it is it that we're we're looking? What is what is the when does a rebuild stop? Does a rebuild stop when we make the playoffs, or is it the rebuild? The whole point is to get to a point where you're actually actually a legitimate NBA franchise, and you're you're competing and uh, you're you're fighting for that second round, third round type of deal. So I think. It- in my opinion, a rebuild stops once you make the playoffs. It's like when we made the playoffs back in 2019, all of a sudden it became about adding the right pieces, which unfortunately our front office didn't really do. They, they added minimal pieces. They added Carter Williams. They added Birch. They added James Ennis. Not really solid pieces, but ideally what you do is when you make the playoffs, you add, you fill the, the weaknesses that you have in your team. In this case, it would have been shooting for us, and that could have made us drastically better if we would have added some shooting Unfortunately, we didn't. So if the Magic made the playoffs, say again, two seasons from now, at that point you analyze, all right, so we got money, we got some draft picks, we have assets that we can combine to get better. What do we need? And ideally, there's a guy out there, again, we say this name all the time, but like a guy like Bradley Beal, a guy like, I don't know, a disgruntled star that wants to find a new place and Orlando has the ability to get that player, then you make that move and you speed up that process a little bit. Um, so in my eyes, I kind of see it like that, but I can also see it your way. I can also see it where they say, let's really just develop these young guys, continue to build through the draft, and it could be lengthier than that. But I don't think so. They acquire way too many assets for this to be a, a long-term play. Just my take on it. How many times have we heard Jeff Wallman say the word patience oh. and taking our time, and there's no timetable for this, there's no timetable for that. So I'm not, I'm not putting my money on on rushing any process. I, I think that, you know, this, this rebuild is, it's going to be a little while, but we're going to be, we're going to be fun to watch while doing it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for, for sending those um, questions in. Um, and then coming up, man, we got four games, four fun games to watch. We got Indiana on Friday, Milwaukee on Sunday, San Antonio on Monday. And then we get to see Nikola Vucevic. Chicago on that Wednesday. How exciting is it to be able to see the revenge game from Nikola Vucevic um, and the Magic? It's going to be exciting, man. Unfortunately, it's not in Orlando. It's in Chicago. It's not in Orlando. We'll we'll watch it on TV, but I mean, uh, it's going to be fun. I think Vucevic, again, I don't think he has any any hard feelings towards the Magic. I really don't think so. I think he he understands. He's proven to be a professional and a guy that's very... um, Mild manner. So I think he understands, again, the, the business side of the NBA and why the Magic did what they did. But regardless, it's going to be fun to watch him play against us. Um, I, I Again, I'm, I'm hoping for them to make the playing tournament. I, I want to see him play some meaningful games. Uh, plus, I don't want them to get a top four pick. <laughs> um, so it's going to be fun. Uh, but in the week ahead, most importantly for the Magic, starting tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow they, they wear their, um, what are they called? The new jerseys. Their earned edition jerseys. Uh, they're going to be... Um, 
the first time we're going to see them tomorrow against Indiana. Um, but they play pretty much games against all playoff contending teams right now in this upcoming week. So I hope we pile up some more losses here. Again, we are unfortunately rooting for the tank at this point, and every loss matters. Um, so I hope we go 0-4 this week. That's just me. <laughs> it's ironic that we're bringing out the earned jerseys and, you know, three of the major contributions to those earned jerseys aren't going to be able to see them. But yeah. Vooch will eventually listen on TV. He'll be right back. <laughs> all right so let's wrap this up final thoughts final thoughts is uh keep doing what clifford did yesterday man i was really shocked in the fourth quarter when he actually let the young guys finish the game um they had earned it to that point they came back from all the way down i think it was 16 they were down and mo bamba had a crazy stretch where he went on by himself on a 10-0 run um and he decided to let the young guys play he did not put in james ennis he did not put back in uh Dwayne bacon Ken Birch, he let the young guys stride it out. And that was really fun to see. I want to see more of that. Because again, experience for them this year will not be in the playoffs, but it can be in tight games. It can be in closing moments in games that matter. Um, again, not playoff, unfortunately, at this moment, but they will still learn in situations like this, how to close out a game, how to run the proper inbound plays. Um, so let, let's, let's keep seeing more of that here down the stretch. Yeah, and although we may be losing games, uh, this team is fun to watch again, man. Really, really fun to watch. And they are running the ball up and down the floor. There's absolutely no one there to slow them down. Uh, being able to watch RJ Hampton just like speed his way down the floor and and being able to have control of, of his body and slow down, be able to make the right moves in the right plays has been really, really fun to watch. So um, the fact that we we kind of get a little bit of, of a little bit of everything. You know, obviously we want to be able to be put in a position where we have a top draft lottery pick. But last night's game was amazing. We played really, really well. Uh, we were fun to watch, and then we ended up losing. Nobody ever wants their team to lose, but for this season, you know, that's that's always a good plus for us. It's only one more month. We have one more month of that's basketball it, left. That's Just it. keep keep dealing gotta, with it for another month. We gotta <laughs> survive. Is it is there a possibility that Wednesday when we play against Chicago, we both lose? Is that possible? Because I need the Magic to lose and I also need Chicago to lose. That would be ideal. <laughs> In a perfect world. All right, man. That's a wrap for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.